This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. It's Sean Van Pugh, baby. Wow. Thanks to the Olympics, it's a perfect day to watch sports that you don't usually watch. Praise God. Nah, for real, man. I'm sitting up here watching women's volleyball and, well, women's beach volleyball. Before then, I was watching men's beach volleyball and there's also men's table tennis going on i kind of want to check in on that right now you know it's china versus canada and you know canada's losing let me see real quick <laughs> this is men's table tennis that's joint vicious man it goes so quick they'd be like zoom 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 <laughs> it's it's ridiculous man oh man olympics is vicious I can't get enough of it. It's, it's pretty cool. Can't wait till track starts and basketball. Hey, and speaking of basketball, Middleton, Booker, and Holiday are in Tokyo now. Now it's interesting. They got past the finals. They rested, celebrated, or recovered in Booker's case. And now it's time to go get that gold. They are definitely welcome additions with us losing Bradley Bill and Kevin Love. And I think Zach Levine is in protocol I think we got just enough to win the gold. I could be wrong because, you know, one of these teams, I don't know which one it is. One of these teams got Luka, and then you got Australia. Even without Ben Simmons, it's going to be dangerous. I'm interested to see how that goes. Uh, I thought all I was going to care about was basketball and track, but it looks like every day I'm going to be watching something. It's pretty cool. Now, I'm going to start with this. There was an incident last Saturday at Nationals Park where there was a drive-by shooting outside of the stadium. Wow. And all I could think, when I found out it was outside of the stadium, the first thing I thought about, when they said which side, because I automatically assumed it was on the... um like the center field side, I don't know why I assumed it was over there, where, you know, N Street is in the waterfront. I thought it was over there. Nah, of course not. It was over on the side, on the southwest side, where the liquor store is, but it was a little bit further down once I found out more. Of course, you know, eh, that area is a little bit mixed. Like, some of it is rough, and some of it is not. I've done pickups over there for Lyft. And, you know, the closer you get to the stadiums, the more gentrified it is. The farther you get away from it, the less gentrified it is. That's pretty much it. You know what I'm saying? But that area is changing. And it's always, you know, it hasn't always been, you know, gentrified. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> It's a nice area. It's a nice area, though. But anyway, man, the the drive-by shooting was just nothing but classic, you know, D.C. nonsense. <laughs> classic D.C. nonsense. Stuff that usually happens on South Capitol Street across the bridge just came over there downtown. That's it. I, I think, honestly, <laughs> the two cars probably been following each other from way back wherever they came from and then I guess one car caught the other and they just start shooting and damn someone waiting for Uber right there because they were at those apartments I picked up people from those apartments before uh, right after the liquor store there is a, a genuine uh, kind of a kind of newish apartments it's, it's a modern style newish apartments a ton of those in that area someone waiting for Uber there they got shot, and like three others. It was just scary. People inside the stadium freaking out. And you know what's crazy? I was supposed to be at that game. And I could have been the Uber driver right there or the Lyft driver right there because I've done pickups there several times. So but it could have been me. But I decided to fade that game, I had tickets because remember I told you last episode 
I was anticipating Max Scherzer pitching that game, and for some reason he didn't. Davey was dicking around, didn't set the lineups till the Thursday night, and he decided for whatever reason to have Scherzer pitch on Sunday instead of Saturday. So I tried to sell my Saturday ticket, and no one was biting. No one was biting at all. I don't know if it was the weather or what. People were expecting rain. The rain never came. So it was clear damn near the whole night, at least at Nats Park. The rain was to the north, like towards Merlin and Baltimore. You know what I'm saying? It mo- Mostly towards Baltimore. The rain was going over there. But, um, yeah, man, I was supposed to be at that game, and I faded. And I decided to do lift. And I was picking up somebody when this was happening. I was picking up someone off of Suitland Parkway. Well, the Nat Stadium is off of Suitland Parkway, kind of. But it's at the very end and across the bridge. I was at all the way on the other end near Andrews Air Force Base picking up somebody. So I didn't have to worry about none of that crap. But still, it's just scary. And I just, people were crying and everything. Because they had no idea where the shots were coming from. They thought it was inside the stadium. People were running. I was like, damn, really? Is that serious? And when I heard this on the radio, I didn't think much of it. And even, and even um, Dave Jagler was like, one of the radio personalities. He was like, was that like a thunderstorm? Was that a drum line? He didn't know what was going on. And then, you know, once more information came out, they stopped the game. And, you know, the players were taking cover in the dugout, and it was just pandemonium. Well, they suspended the game, and I still had my ticket. But how they did it was, well, I had tickets to the Sunday game because I, I – I got to see Scherzer versus the Padres because it was personal. The Padres killed Scherzer the week before, so I wanted Scherzer to get that revenge. And I I showed up. I had a flag football game first, and it started late. So, of course, I was late to the suspended game, and I was like, "Eh, you know what? I'm not feeling this suspended game. I'm just going to. I'm just going to go to Buffalo Wild Wings and wait for the regular game to start. That was a great move because as soon as I showed up, the Nationals gave up two more runs. They were down 8-4. to four. They gave up two more runs, and it was 10-4. to four. You have got to be kidding. But, man, when it comes to the Nationals Park incident, see, thankfully, you know, my my ticket from that day wasn't good, but I bought a ticket for the – either way, I was good. I was good. I could I could come in. I avoided all the the nonsense. I avoided potentially getting shot. Praise God. And I ended up and I ended up going to the Sunday game which well, we barely won. We should have killed this team. I know they're one of the best teams in the league. But I was treated to a pretty good game. And you know, at the time when I was at that Sunday game, I was like, man, this is stressful. Why is this game so close? We should have been beat them. Because, listen, the Nationals jumped out to a 4 nothing lead. Everything went according to plan. Everything was going the way I wanted it to go. Sure, some of Scherzer's pitches were hitting the warning track. And, I, and even Fernando Tatis looked like he was going to send another one. But he was out at the warning track. And he was hitting home runs. Juan Soto was, was on his, his grind. It was 4 nothing. I was like, yes, we got him. Yes. The fourth inning happened. One hit. Two hit. Then Eric Hosmer hits a home run. It's 3-4. You have got to be kidding. And then, okay, we get out of that inning. And then Profar, who... Scherzer, at this point of the game, is about fifth inning, sixth inning, I believe. He had handled Profar. Profar is, I think his name, Hendrickson Profar. I think that's his first name. 
Scherzer had a handle on him. He was handling him. He was 0 for 2. This guy hit the home run so far, I thought it was going to Anacostia. Damn! 4-4. Okay, we take Scherzer out, and Machado hits a two-run home run. You have got to be kidding me. At this point, I'm like, here we go again. But late in the midnight hour. I said late in the midnight hour. Juan Soto hit a home run to make it 7-6. And I was excited. I was like, this guy, this guy Juan Soto is the truth. And fantasy-wise, I was doing great because I had both Soto and Machado, and they both hit home runs. The problem is, though, why did we choke that lead too? Brad Hand, one strike to go, two outs. Yeah, I don't know how they got a guy end up getting a guy on third at this point i left my seat and went to right field to start you know heading out to the exit so i was standing up watching before leaving it dog i think it's a three two pitch it's a three two count two outs bottom of the ninth. i was like all we gotta do is get this guy out it's 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 um grisham it's grisham the guy who hit the game-winning single against us in that magical comeback last week. We got him. We got him. This guy hits a blooper to right field, and God damn it, and God damn it, they tie the game. At this point, I'm just done. I'm, I'm frustrated. You have got to be kidding me. But thankfully, and then I looked at the bottom of the lineup, you have my man Baby Shark. I said, Baby Shark. Do, 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 do. Baby Shark. Do, 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 do. My man um, Gerardo Park. You had him up. You had Escobar. And um, Trez Herrera our third-string catcher because our top two catchers are hurt. You had that lineup coming up. I was like, oh, we're doomed. We're going to extras, and I'm not staying for extras. I'm not staying for extras. Thankfully, those guys came through. Parra struck out. He he took some horrible swing with, a, I think it was a 2-2 count. He took a horrible swing and struck out. But Trez Herrera had a double, and then um, Escobar, who had a pretty good game, uh, let me, I'm going to pull this up, but uh, seriously, though, he, he had a hell of a game. He, oh, he's underrated, by the way, if, if I haven't said this already. I mean, look at this. He was two for five, two RBIs. Wow. That, just that game. Josh Harrison was three for five. Juan Soto was three for four with a homer. Trez Barrera with a, with a shot to get on base. And then Alcides Escobar to drive in the game-winning walk-off RBI. I wanted to see a walk-off, and I got my wish. And it was from one of the most unlikely people. But he's been balling lately, thank God. Man, this segment's going on forever. But <laughs> I'm going to keep going, man. Basically, uh, okay, and then after that, uh, thank God they won stressful game. Stressful game, we needed that one. We couldn't sit up here. We couldn't sit up here and get swept. We couldn't get swept by the Padres after getting swept by the Giants. You have got to be kidding. Now, we would have lost that game. That would have been seven in a row. That would have been seven in a row we had lost. That, that's crazy. That's crazy, especially um, with us trying to keep pace in the NL East. Thankfully, they won that game. Then they blasted the Marlins 18 to 1. They tried to put a position player up there. Man, Juan Soto crushed that weak sauce, man. Get out of here, man. Try to put a position player to pitch against Juan Soto. Y'all are crazy. Then the Nats won. I think it was 6 3 the next game. Now they're back on their nonsense. They lost to the Marlins 3 1. And then they last night they lost to the Orioles. One of the worst teams in the league. I know it's in Baltimore, but come on, dog. It we can't lose to Baltimore because their fans are going to post memes about 
oh, you just lost to your former favorite team. They trying to make a joke about how how some of us is rooting for the Orioles when the Nationals didn't exist. Man, shut up. Y'all trash. And you got lucky. But that's okay. You about to end all that. We about to end all that. Scherzer's pitching today, I believe. And we're about to end all that. We about to end all that noise. And also, I'm just glad everyone's okay from the Nass Park incident. Unforgettable. Definitely unforgettable. And someone, some, uh, one for the ages. And, you know, I, I definitely could have been there. But thank goodness I wasn't. Because that would have been, that would have been crazy. That would have been, I don't know what type of traffic it would have been. I don't know what type of panic I would have had. It's just, this is crazy, man. It's crazy, for real. Oh, my God. You got archery on? That's crazy. <laughs> the Olympics, man. You not entertained? All right, man. OU Texas in the SEC. I didn't think I'd be talking about this. I didn't think they were serious. I mean, ever since 2011, 2012, when Missouri, Nebraska, A&M decided to leave, Ever since then, I've been hearing about Oklahoma and Texas possibly leaving the Big 12. It was a serious uh, conversation about them going to the Pac-12. That didn't happen. It was some nonsense about bringing in other people like BYU and Houston and Cincinnati. Well, we end up bringing in West Virginia, TCU. But I'm like, all this it's always chatter about expansion and realignment and nothing happened oh this girl from the netherlands cute anyway um it's always some talk about that and nothing ever happens and i thought this was one of them things but then i started to read more twitter uh tweets about it I started to read more tweets about it, started to see more articles, started to see more coverage, started to see more credible sources pop up saying, no, this is serious. OU and Texas are seriously considering moving to SEC, moving to the SEC, and they're literally like filing paperwork right now. I was like, okay, um, okay. Here's the thing. I love the prospect of playing these trash-talking SEC teams like Alabama, Georgia, Florida, we finally get to play them regularly. Finally. But then a part of me is like, um, well, okay. Another part of me is like, okay, I mean, I kind of wanted to stay in the Big 12. It was comfortable there was comfortable there, but hey, I'm all for the bigger competition in football. I'm all for potentially making more money. So I guess I'm cool with it. It's probably going to take some getting used to. I'm not going to do that nonsense where I brag about the SEC and, you know, talk down on or every other conference and just hop on the, the SEC bandwagon because one team is winning. No, 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 no. I'm not about to do that. That's that's whack. Like, we're not going to bring that to the table. But I want to see what happens to, the first of all, the Big 12 in general. I want to see what happens. Is it going to implode? Is it going to implode? Is West Virginia going to go back to the ACC and start playing Pitt again? Or is the Big 12 going to stay together and just replace Oklahoma and Texas and become a lower-tier conference? Or maybe Oklahoma State goes to the Pac-12. I've already seen rumors about West Virginia going to the ACC. They should have never left the Big East. Well, okay, maybe they should have left the Big East. But the Big 12 over the ACC, uh, whatever. Um, we'll just see. I, I just want to see what happens to everyone else. I want to see what happens to Bedlam. Is Oklahoma State going to be petty and be like, man, y'all left the conference. 
we don't have any obligation to play you anymore. Um, could that happen? Could that be the case? I, I'm interested to see the fallout. Like, us being in SEC, I mean, it is what it is. Just as long as we get revenge on LSU, Alabama, and Georgia, that's fine. I'm cool in, in Spank A&M in Missouri like we used to. As long as we do that, as long as we do that, that's that's fine. I just want to see the fallout. <laughs> I just want to see what happens to the conference, what happens to all the other teams in the conference. That is the most interesting part of this. I want to see who fights back, who push, who pushes back on this, what lawsuits come out of this. It's going to be, just buckle up. This is going to be a fun ride. This is going to be a fun ride. I think, you know, the plan to get out of the conference has probably slowly been in motion since 2011. But I think the last straw was the um, the OU Nebraska thing. I think that really pissed Josie off. Didn't he, he wrote a statement about it. So <laughs> that, I think that was the last straw. So we'll see what happens. I'm very interested. See how this goes. It's going to be weird being in the SEC, but I'm down. I'm down. Let's do it. Let's do it. Now, the NBA Finals. The NBA Finals. Man, Giannis dominated game six. I made sure I was in the house for that. I made sure I was in the house for that. I had to be. Um, I faded. I did fade game five for Lyft. I don't know if I mentioned that on the last show, but I faded game five. And, you know, a Phoenix choke. Like, they, they had a good chance of stealing that game after the Bucks took control in the fourth quarter, but they choked. This game, game six, it started off slow. Everyone was saying they were nervous and that maybe they were. But, oh man, the shooting was awful. No one was making threes. I mean, you look at this, these damn box scores. I'm surprised I don't have it right now. But seriously, you look at these box scores, and I'm just like, <laughs> Oh, Lord. Where did it go? You just look at this box score. I'm about to pull it up right now. You just look at this box score. And I'm just like, damn. Jay Crowder, he missed some key threes down the stretch. He was 2 for 9 from 3. Booker was 0 for 7 from 3. The team was 6 for 25. The Bucks were 6 for 27 from 3. The score was 105.98. It literally looked like a 2000s, a mid-2000s, 90s type of game. Where it's low scoring, no one's making any threes, and everything's inside and in the post. Just not great offensive basketball. And, you know, oh my God. But at the end of the day, this was Giannis. This was this was Giannis's night. It's just every time he came to the lane, DeAndre Ayton looked like a deer in headlights, and Giannis just euro stepped around him and laid it in or got fouled. He has been Giannis has been terrible at free throws. He's the biggest reason why the Suns were even in that game in Game Five because of his free throw shooting, bro. With the with the game on the line, you could tell he wanted it. He sensed the title. He could taste the title. He could feel it in his arms. So he played like it. 50 points, 14 rebounds, 5 blocks, and 17 for 19 from free throw. Oh, so when this happened to me in 2K, because he did the same thing to me in 2K. He didn't score 50, but he, he went off and couldn't miss any free throws. I was like, this can't be real. This guy's not that good at free throws. And then he does that. I was like, oh, so when the game is really on the line, when the title on the line, he'll make his free throws. Oh, okay. 
that's fine. You know, that's what competitors do. I was just really impressed with Giannis and what he did. Um, Chris Paul led the Suns with 26. Devin Booker, he tried, man. He was giving it his all. But it, the ball just wasn't going on the bucket. in the bucket. I mean, he was a negative 15 plus minus. Um, he had 19 points, three rebounds, five assists, six turnovers. He played 46 minutes. That's below his standards. I mean, part of it was good defense and part of it was him just forcing shots. He wanted to win. I get it. It just wasn't a good game for him. And Chris Paul, Chris Paul was pretty good. I mean, 26 points, five assists, two rebounds. It wasn't, you know, game six versus the Clippers type of crazy, though. They needed that from him in order for them to win. And honestly, the first quarter, the Bucks looked like they was going to run away with it until Phoenix just blitzed them in the second quarter and had a 31-point second quarter, and, and they won the second quarter by 17. But Milwaukee battled back. And it was a tied game in the third quarter, but the difference was Giannis, once again, he was unstoppable. You could, couldn't stop him. Could not stop him at all. And then Bobby Porter's off the bench. He was, oh, my God, he was amazing. He was amazing. Like, that's why you bring them people in. That's why you bring in Holiday and Porter's. They're just good players. They're just good role players. And P.J. Tucker didn't score no points, but he was a plus 13, plus minus. Like, jeez. The only guy that was a negative, okay. Teague was a negative 5, plus minus. Connaughton was a negative 21. Jeez. I mean, he had zero points. 0 for 4. But whatever, though. Whatever, though, man. It was all about Giannis. He killed it. And I kind of want to try the the half Sprite, half lemonade. That sounds really good. Because usually when I go to Chick-fil-A, I just get lemonade. Because the lemonade is just that good. (laughs) It doesn't even need any help. It's just the lemonade is that good. (laughs) I was looking at their celebration and them celebrating the title and all the emotion Giannis had and how much fun they were having. I was like, I want to do something that can cause me to celebrate like that. I can't remember the last time I did something to be able to celebrate that like that. I mean, you could say my master's degree, but I was half depressed during that. Like, I didn't really, I didn't, I was so worried about the future, I couldn't even enjoy getting my master's. I could say maybe middle school, maybe high school, graduation, maybe even college. I think the happiest was my middle school graduation because I got all of them awards and stuff. But other than that, I don't really remember, you know, being on a, a team or anything or doing something that was worth that type of celebration. Even my social league titles, it's like they're cool and all. But it's like once you go home and get back to regular life, it's like, okay, what's next? <laughs> I mean, it's cool and all, but what what's next? <laughs> it's not like a week-long celebration and a parade and stuff. Like, I have yet to do something. It's been a while since I've done something that would make me want to celebrate like those guys celebrate the title. So I, I need to find something. It's probably going to have something to do with GOAT level or maybe getting married or maybe uh, getting a kid or something or having the birth of my first child or something. Maybe it's going to be something like that that caused me to have that type of celebration because them guys look like they were having a lot of fun and they worked so hard for this. It's probably going to be the GOAT level thing or maybe when I finally get my own place, maybe I'll celebrate like that. But... That's probably it. When I get my own place, I'll probably celebrate like like I won the championship. Man, I just want that feeling. I want that feeling. That looked like you're living your best life. You're at your peak. You're on cloud nine. I want that big time. But, yeah, NBA Finals was dope. I won it game seven. I was a little disappointed. But I respect Giannis, and I just love the celebration. And, you know, it was good to see 
Malika Andrews be in the middle of it and do those interviews and stuff. All this hoopla about who does the pregame and postgame and who does the interviews. Man, I barely watched two minutes of any of that. All this hoopla. I don't even watch the, the crap. I just want to watch the game. And I think most people are like that. So all this hoopla about it is, is really kind of overrated. But I, I guess, you know, enough people care to where, you know, you, you still got sponsors involved and stuff. So I guess you do need to get that right for the sponsor's sake and maybe some of the fans that actually watch it. But other than that, it really don't matter. It's about the game. But, hey, congrats to Malika Andrews. Even Rachel Nichols was able to hold the trophy, so she got in it too. So everyone got a piece of this finals. It's cool. All right, some quick takes. I might as well keep going with this. So Malika Andrews looked like she's a rising star. It looks like she's going to get more responsibility because Maria Taylor has left ESPN for NBC. I had a feeling she was going to leave because it didn't look like their negotiations were going anywhere. And um, she had had wanted $8 million and then, you know, the pandemic happened. Or maybe it was right after the pandemic she was – or the height of the pandemic, she asked for $8 million. Uh, maybe she wanted five, and maybe uh, ESPN was offering three. I was like, uh, after all that stuff that has happened, after all the stuff that has happened, hmm, would Maria Taylor stay? Would she want to stay in that environment? What is ESPN offering her? I had a feeling she was going to leave. And then she left. So now she's with NBC. She finished the finals and went straight to Tokyo like she was Devin Booker or Chris Middleton or or Holiday or Drew Holiday. She went straight to Tokyo like she was them. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. NBC's doing the Olympics. She's on NBC. She's doing the Olympics. That's cool. That's a great glow up. That's a great way to start with NBC. I wonder what's going to happen NFL season. I think she's going to be a part of the NFL stuff. Uh, NBC doesn't have hockey, so what the heck do these folks do when there's no Olympics and no football? They don't have hockey anymore. They don't have basketball anymore. What are they going to do? We'll find out. That's what I really want to know. I mean, I'm sure maybe she'll have a podcast or something. Maybe she'll do that. Maybe she'll be on the radio. That's, That's when the games begin. After football season. Like, what what are we going to do then? So, she's getting paid $5 million from NBC. Congrats to her. She deserves it. She grinded. And Malika Andrews, I had no idea she was younger than me. Oh, she's, she's beautiful too, by the way. I had no idea she was two years younger than me. Just the way she carries herself. And she, I guess the way she looks, she's she fine. But I didn't think. Maybe it's an insult how I'm saying this. But I just didn't think she was younger than me. I thought she was older than me. I thought she was in her, like, early 30s. But, nah, she's 26. But then when I looked hard enough, I was like, when I paid attention a little bit more, I was like, you know what? She does look a little young. She's 26, so she got a bright future ahead of her. And I think she's going to take off. And now we'll see if she gets in contract disputes with ESPN. Because that's possible. But um, we'll see if that happens with her. But she's a rising star. And she's young. So I'm interested to see what she does. <laughs> uh, Jason Whitlock thinks she's overrated too. Uh, of course he does. It's, it's Jason Whitlock. He, he's very opinionated. And he's not very... He's not impressed by... A lot of these uh, superstars, especially in the media, and I and I get it because he's part of it and he's been a part of it for probably since I've been born, like <laughs> for 25, 30 years, man, like real tough. So if he knows who's overrated and who's not, I mean, I, I guess, man, he's been in the industry. 
All right, so now some other quick takes. So listen, West Virginia fans done started again. Trey Young triggered West Virginia fans. I guess he was watching the TBT, and um, most of West Virginia's TBT team has former West Virginia players. I think all of them, like including the ones that were at West Virginia when I was in college, like. Like that guy, I think Nathan Adrian and uh, Tariq Phillip, guys like that. And <laughs> I guess Trey Young was watching it was like, West Virginia fans act like they don't foul. <laughs> they do be hacking because they they got a high-pressure defense and they, uh, they press a lot. So, of course, this is going to be a lot of fouls, you assume. So he said that, and West Virginia fans – just it's too easy. <laughs> they were all in the comments posting pictures of uh Javon Carter, posting, you know, box scores of how we lost to them and it's just a lot of Javon Carter, we own you, Javon Carter's your dad, all that. I'm like, here we go again. How many times I gotta say this? Javon Carter is not Trey Young's dad. He never will be. He never was. Trey Young averaged 30 points a game against West Virginia. Don't forget. Don't forget that. He averaged 30 a game. Are you serious right now? Oh, you're going to say he was inefficient. Okay, the first game, he was 8 for 22. And went to the line like 12 times. Well, the fact that you kept letting him get to the rim... Is bad, and he's like, what, 6-1? You kept letting him get to the rim. And he got Javon Carter in foul trouble. He had four fouls. And in the second game, he really killed you. Bro, look at the highlights of that game. He killed Javon Carter with this step-back three. He, Come on, man. You're going to bring stats about, oh, when Javon Carter was on Trey Young, he scored this amount of points. Man, I don't want to hear it. He could cook Javon Carter anytime he wants. <laughs> West Virginia fans, man. Fuck wrong with them, bro. Come on. This guy's crazy. Trey Young is a beast. And he was killing y'all. He just had no help. Brady Manning scored zero points in the first game. We only had like 10 bench points in the second game. And the only reason you won the second game is because the refs didn't call Issa Ma's travel. At the end of the game. So you barely won that game. So every time y'all bring up owning Trey Young, I just laugh because it's dumb. It doesn't make sense. You got lucky the second game. You won the first game. I give you that. But the second game, you got lucky. Calm down. And Trey Young averaged 30 against you. And and in the second game, he shot 50%. You're done. Shut it. Now, next thing, Space Jam 2. I got to watch Space Jam 2, and I loved it. Well, at least the second half of it. The first half of it was meh, and I was kind of starting to fall asleep once LeBron started recruiting all the Looney Tunes. Um, That that part was kind of, I guess, kind of putting me to sleep a little bit. But once they start playing basketball, oh, I was was all in that. That was fun. Just all the power-ups and the... The flood, the acrobatics, <laughs> and oh my God, uh, uh, Damian Lillard's character, how he froze time, how it was Dame time, he tapped his wrist and froze everything and and just <laughs> did his thing. That was so much fun, man. I love that uh, Porky Pig's rap to um, Flavor in Your Ear instrumental. Oh my God, man. Those were the two best parts of the movie. And then at the end when LeBron... Got his son off of the Toon Squad, no, the Goon Squad team, and put him back on his team. And uh, LeBron had the little power-up slam dunk at the end to win the game. Man, oh, my God. I I love that, too. That, listen, I didn't mind that movie. That movie was dope, okay? Was it better than Space Jam 1? I don't know. I have to go back and watch Space Jam 1. It's been a while since I watched the original Space Jam. When it came out in 96, 
I watched it so many times. <laughs> I watched it so many times from 96 to 98. It's not even funny. Yet, I don't remember everything that happened in that movie. I think ever since 98, I may have watched it four or five times total. So, <laughs> I barely remember what happened. Uh, maybe I get the gist of it, but I need to go back and watch it. But as far as Space Jam 2 is concerned, it was dope. And then Skip Bayless, staying in character and, you know, staying in his lane and his game plan of just talking about LeBron to get viewers on a show. Or maybe that's just how he is. Maybe he just want to just hop on LeBron because that's his thing. And, you know... He really be thinking about him all the time. But I, I think it's for ratings. I think everything, a lot of what he does is for ratings. So, unless it's about the Cowboys or Oklahoma. Everything outside of the Cowboys and Oklahoma, I think is for ratings. He basically put out a series of tweets about Space Jam 2. It was like, it's not better than Space Jam 1. LeBron will never be Jordan. Dom, the son in the movie. It, it's kind of like his middle son in real life. You know, he don't he probably doesn't really pay attention to his middle son in real life. Uh, it, you know, it was crazy how similar his family looked in Space Jam 2 to his real family. The three kids, the two sons and a daughter and the middle child we don't really talk about. But he kind of looked like the his real middle child, just shorter. And then he had his wife, hot black wife. Like, his family in Space Jam 2 looked exactly like his family in real life. But no, you know, Skip was making conclusions. And on Undisputed, they got gotten a whole argument about Rotten Tomato ratings. And I was just like, you have got to be kidding me. All because it's Jordan versus LeBron. Undisputed, at the end of the day, one of their core talking points is Jordan versus LeBron. Brady, the Cowboys, Jordan versus LeBron. That's their core talking points. And honestly, you know, the reason why they get away with it because us fans just react to it. We always react to it so strongly that they're just going to keep talking about it because they keep making money off of it. But I think they went a little bit too far. They're not going to talk about Space Jam 2 this week. At least I hope not. Unless some big news about the ratings come out. And I guess Skip Skip was like, I think Shannon's main point was like, Space Jam 2, I mean, Space Jam 1 wasn't all that great back in the day. He was reading some of the critics from back then. Someone said that Space Jam 1 was garbage time. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. They killed Space Jam 1. Oh, my God. Uh, Skip just keeps saying, oh, Space Jam 2 was the top box office in its opening weekend. Uh, it, I think it's going to come down a little bit. You know, people going to kind of not see it as much now that, you know, opening weekend's over. I think the, the box office sales are going to dip dramatically. And I'll probably watch it again when it comes out on Netflix or, or Amazon Prime. I'll probably watch it again because I, I, I liked it. All right. getting That went on longer than I expected. Uh, getting hurt at kickball practice. So I was having a legendary kickball practice because I'm on a D.C. recreation kickball team. My mom asked me, do I want to be on the team? I originally said no, but then for some reason, I was just interested and intrigued. And I was like, you know what? I'll give it a shot. Next thing you know, I'm into it. I'm having fun. And it looks like I'm pretty good at this. It seemed like I was pretty good at it. And next thing you know, I'm really into it. In our first game, I'm out here playing like it's game seven of the World Series, even though we got blown out. I'm just taking it really seriously. So I'm really into this. Now, listen, this kickball practice on Monday, 
This is probably our most well-attended kickball practice. Almost our whole team was there except one person. And then you had people from another team that was practicing with us to get their reps in. And, boy, I was playing my regular third base. I swear to God, I got like 10 people out. I was on fire. And then at the plate, I only got out one time. I was killing it. But I had two home runs that practice, right? The first home run, I don't know why I was running so fast. The outfield wasn't going to catch my, my kick. I was coming around the bases. When I rounded first, my hamstring popped. I felt something pop in my hamstring, and I immediately just slowed down. I, I just slowed down. I, I grabbed my hamstring. I was looking like Greg Jennings on Madden. Uh, <laughs> I was looking like Greg Jennings on Madden when he's putting the team on his back. <laughs> oh, man. It, it was like that, man. I was like, damn, man. And I got through that practice. I scored another home run, even with a messed up hamstring. I was still getting people out, even with a much messed up hamstring. So I had to lay low after that. And then Thursday, we had a doubleheader. And I was fine. I was ready to go, you know. I iced my hamstring a little bit. I had the little massage gun, and I massaged my hamstring. And I was fine. And we were winning the first game against a team that's supposed to be better than us. And we were winning by three runs. And I got a crazy double play, and I was talking shit and everything. And then I got hurt again. Someone ran into my uh, calf. That joint still hurt. I got a bruise on it and everything. We We gave up like eight straight runs, and we lost by four. And I was like, God damn it, man. And, you know, then they started talking trash to me. They started throwing it back at me. I almost made an amazing play at the plate where um, someone was coming home and I got the ball and I dove. I dove to try to tag the person out and I missed or throw the ball at him and I missed. And I was like, man, you got lucky. He was like, boy, I was never lucky. I'm like that, young man. And then that's when we started going back and forth. He played third base too. Anyway, the lessons I learned from kickball, the lessons I, and we lost the second game, which pissed me off. What I learned from that was I need to figure out how to I need to figure out how to take that same competitive energy that I have in kickball, the talking trash, the laser focus, and well, laser focus at time. I get sidetracked with all the trash talk sometimes. But the adrenaline, the competitive drive. And listen, my team was trying to talk me down. And at some point, they were successful. I think what helped was the injury because that kind of humbled me a little bit. The, the injury, the, the calf injury. And it's just like at some points, I was just raging mad and talking trash. And at other points, I was smiling, laughing, I was dancing, and it's like I was in my I was in my groove. I wasn't overthinking. I wasn't thinking about the hot girl that was on my team. I was just playing kickball and I was trying to crush the opponent. If I can just take that and apply that to growing this brand, it's over. It is a wrap. I just. I got to be the GOAT and embrace myself. If I can just take that same energy and put it towards growing the brand, it is a wrap. It is a wrap. As far as my kickball team, we're one and four. Uh, If it's four teams out of seven that makes the playoffs, we're not going to make it. We're the worst team in the league, but somehow got a victory. But I'm not going out like that. The next game, I'm going to come ready to play, and I'm looking to still kill and destroy. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, the Cleveland Guardians. The Indians are now the Cleveland Guardians. And this comes out of nowhere. I knew they were going to change the name. But I assumed they were going to be like the Washington sitcom and take forever and be the Cleveland baseball team. But, no. 
No, they decided to be the Guardians. I was just like, okay. And the logo is, eh, not all that. But, you know, I, we'll all get used to it. It's just like the people on 1067, the fans say, like Grant and Danny and uh, B. Mitch. They be saying the same thing. Once the team start winning, no one's going to care. And I think that's the same thing with the Cleveland Guardians. People will get behind it once they start winning. That's pretty much it. But, but you know, <laughs> interesting timing for this name change. And I just want to see I just want to see how it looks, how the uniform uniform's probably going to look the same. Just different letterings and different letters and different logos and stuff. It, it's probably going to look the same. It's just weird and and random. But you but it happened fast, unlike the Washington sitcom that's taken forever with this name. And, of course, the, the folks on 1067 The Fan was talking about that, too. It was like the, the Indians came up with a name change way faster than our football team. How does that happen? Yeah, how does that happen? Y'all loafing, that's why. Come on, man. <laughs> oh, man, yo. Uh, one last thing before I get to the hypothetical game of the episode. Bradley Bill to the Warriors? Bradley Bill might request a trade? I Listen, anytime I hear about Bradley Bill wanting out or Pete Bradley Bill getting traded somewhere else, I just treat it as pure speculation and other teams' fan bases daydreaming. Steph said he would love to have Bradley Bill in the Warriors and his pushing the front office to make a trade. And one guy said on Twitter that the Warriors could trade Wiseman, two first-round picks, and Andrew Wiggins for Bradley Bill. And I'm like, you know what? That's not bad. Wiseman has a lot of potential. He's the number two, number three pick. He has a lot of potential. He's young. And Andrew Wiggins still has potential even though he's like 26, 27. He's around my age. No, he's younger than me. He's younger than me, but still has potential. I just want to see how this goes. Um, I would love to have those two. And, you know, I heard another trade where we get rid of Westbrook and send him to the Lakers for Kuzma, Taylor Horton, Tucker, and Schroeder. I'll take that, too. So, you know, we'll have a ragtag group of guys with a new coach. The rebuild would be on... And we have a potential to get a superstar in a draft or in free agency with all the picks we accumulate. Now, I'm interested to see what happens here. Now, all this led me to get in kind of a, which it turned into, it was a little tense at first. It's, it's a cute little Jamaican Warriors fan on Twitter. I got into it with, uh, it was a little Tense at first. She had a little attitude at first. But she was talking about Steph Curry pushing for Bradley Bill. And I was like, no, I don't want that. I don't want that. But she didn't really understand what I was saying. But I was like, basically, Steph is annoying. I don't want him to win no titles, no no more titles. Because Bradley Bill joining their team makes them a title contender. Because they're not going to send Clay Thompson They'll have Curry, Bill, and Thompson, and Draymond, I guess, and and who knows whoever else. They got a, another type of big four, and they could easily go back to the finals. I don't know how they're going to play defense, but if they can figure out things defensively, they'll be back in the finals with that lineup. That's a Death Star lineup. And, you know, I was freaking out about that, but all that made me realize when did my Steph Curry, I don't hate the guy. I don't even really dislike him. He just is annoying sometimes. And that's why I don't want him to win no more titles. <laughs> when did this all start? It all started when he was with Davidson. And Georgetown was supposed to easily beat them. They were up 20. But then Steph Curry went off. His supporting cast was dropping buckets too. They came back. They beat Georgetown. Georgetown was supposed to be a national title contender. Then they're out in the second round in a game they were supposed to easily win. And I was devastated. They had went to the Final Four the year before. 
I think it was the that was a Jeff Green, Roy Hibbert type of team. I know Roy Hibbert was there. He was having a hell of a season, and I was crushed. I was like 17. No, I was 15. When that happened against Davidson, I was crushed. I was hurt. I was playing that matchup like 10 times on NCAA basketball, and I would get revenge on Davidson like that. But I was, oh, my God, the pain Steph Curry caused in that Georgetown game. Oh, my God. And then then they started getting really good. I wasn't really paying attention to him his early days of the Warriors. And then they start winning. Then he started getting my attention. Then they really start winning and start breaking records and stuff. So then they won that title. I kind of wanted the Cleveland to win it because it's LeBron back in Cleveland. I wanted them to win. The Warriors won that. I was like, eh, I could let that slide. Then they go 73-9. and nine. And I was like, okay, this team is getting annoying now. The, the Thunder had them. And they were winning game six. They were up 3-1. Three, one, three, one. They lost game five. Okay. Game six, they had full control of that. And then Klay Thompson just lost his mind. And even before all that, Steph Curry hit some half-court game-clinching win against the Thunder in OKC. That was annoying. And then, you know, game seven, they won game seven. Just uh, And then they get KD that July 4th, 2016. I've been pretty annoyed with the Warriors ever since. And they won two titles predictably. So, no, they can't have no more titles. I don't want them to have no more success. No more. Bradley Bill cannot go there. But if they, if he ends up getting traded there and they send a, a, enough of a package in return, I'm cool with that. I can live with that. But, man, can we not? Can we not give Steph Curry any more help? All right. You already know. It's time for the hypothetical game of the episode. The hypothetical game of the episode is the Space Jam Toon Squad with Jordan and LeBron versus the Avengers. So, you know, quick highlights, quick highlights. Uh, let's see. The game started off with a nice Michael Jordan fadeaway. And then Michael Jordan had a nice crossover and alley-oop to LeBron James with a two-hand slam. Hawk drop step and posterized the entire Toon Squad lineup and dunked it. Iron Man did a, I don't know what that, a laser point. Shot off the glass. It was so technical, so sweet. I mean, both teams, like, you already know, Toon Squad, Bugs, Lola, Jordan, LeBron, Sylvester, Porky Pig, uh, Elmer Fudd, Farcorn, Leghorn, Tweed, Grandma, Iron Man, Avengers have Iron Man, Captain America, Hawk, Thor, Black Widow, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, Spider-Man, Hawkeye, Doctor Strange, and Falcon. All right, so back to the game, back to the game. Thor hammers, takes his hammer, bats the ball to a swinging Spider-Man who does like a three, two 360s in a somersault and catches the ball off the web and dunks it for a crazy alley-oop, crazy alley-oop. Lola dribbles through the legs of the Hawk. Crosses over Hawkeye, crosses over Doctor Strange, dribbles around the Black Panther, and lays it up reverse through um, Captain America. And boom, that was a nice play by uh, Lola. And Porky Pig got three points for spitting another sick rap on Iron Man. Bodied Iron Man. Iron Man choked and couldn't return the favor in that rap battle against Porky Pig. So Porky Pig gets three points there. That was his only three points of the game, and the ball didn't even go in the basket. Uh, So Doctor Strange, with his force fill, he throws the ball up in the air. Uh, Black Panther jumps, flips, and slams it. Another crazy alley-oop. 
Bugs comes from underground and lays it up. And at halftime, it was the Toon Squad 50 and the Avengers 40. But then that's when the scoring began. The scoring just went crazy after that. And uh, the Avengers won 125-108 because the Hawk went off for 45-24 and with 10 blocks. Unbelievable. He was unbelievable. Jordan had 20. LeBron had 20. Lola Bunny had 25. Iron Man had 18 and 18. Uh, 18 assists. And, you know, it was, a, it was a pretty good game for the Avengers. They dominated in the second half because the Hawk was just unbelievable and just posting everybody up and slamming on everybody. It was crazy. But that's the hypothetical game of the episode and the end of the episode. And you already know that I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.